Hello. 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 It feels like it's been forever. It's been approximately, I think, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> never again. In in that ballpark. Never again. Maybe even exactly. Two I don't weeks. ever want to do this again. Who I are you? Wanna... I'm Ronald. Who are you? Steve. Who am I? You're John. That's You're right. John. Yeah, there you are. I was gonna say John, like John. That's fine. It's summertime. Like John. Like or John. John. You can kind of put like a little Cajun stank on it if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I think of uh, Renee from True, True Blood. Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John. He was great, by the way. He's a great character. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode 72. 72. Yeah. Oh, the wow. One after 71. Yeah. Where we talk about movies. Right. right. They're going to talk about some movies in this <laughs> a couple episode. Movies. Yeah. A couple big movies. A couple. Being that we've kind of taken a week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for lack of seeing movies, now we've seen a lot of movies. And now we're going to jam and this jammy full of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> some might be considered shit, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt Ronald about has we saw. kind of now that he spoiled it, we we were going to unveil our new our new T-shirt design. It says movie schmovie. <laughs> Jamming this jammy full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> such a good since 2010. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. It's gonna be written in when like poop, poop. Is it spot, since 2010? Uh, 2010? 2011. 2011. Right? Yeah. yeah, 2011. EST dot. What am I high on crack? I thought it was 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I am high on crack. <laughs> so a lot of movies today. A lot of movies. What movies yeah. we're going to talk? We're going to talk about a smaller film. Yes. That the two of you saw. Yeah. Right. Francis Ha. Right. In, in select theaters now. Yes, correct. We're going to talk about J.J. Abrams' Star Trek in the Darkness in every right. theater. Okay. All theaters, yes. We're going to talk about Boz Lerman's The Great Gatsby as well. It is in all theaters. Yes. And we might even touch a little bit on Fast and Furious 6, hmm. which um, is also in all theaters. Yes. In so, fact, if you go to a theater now, it might be that it's they're only playing only those three playing, films yeah, yeah. in various different rooms. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, multiple screens. There's an IMAX. There's an IMAX 3D. There's a regular uh, real IMAX, D, maybe. D, yeah, I mean, does anybody show those movies yeah. in just regular IMAX? Is it always IMAX 3D? I don't know. Because I thought the 3D was distracting in Star Trek, but I thought the IMAX. I, I've officially declared the IMAX that I'm done with 3D. Of it was, You're done. Was good. I You're sent done. an email out to everybody. I saw Gatsby in 3D, I'm done so with 3D. I, I'm looking forward to talking about that. I saw it in 2D. Okay. It wasn't but, on purpose though. Like they kind of yeah. forced me. It made me yeah, we'll get to that, I guess. But 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 real quick, the whole postponing the movie for 3D, whatever that bullshit was. Yeah, don't ever what a waste of time. Do that. Yeah. Don't don't listen to that ever again. Okay. So why don't we start with the smaller? Well, I was actually before oh, okay. we even get to the movies, okay. there's a few little bits of business I wanted to I wanted to get to at the top end of the show. Um <laughs> I like how John tries to pull these quick ones on. We've us. we've we've talked in the past about, you know, having to verify the pronunciation of a person's name. Oh right. And the director of The Place Beyond the Pines. We had some oh, yeah. discussion um, about how to say his name. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I believe you may have been right. Your instinct may have been correct. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> I think this is what you said. Uh but but um uh Derek. It's Derek. Well, here is a recording of okay, Derek you have it. C himself Derek C. saying his name. Derek C in France. Yes! I won again. On point, man. And this was actually, I pulled this from a clip on YouTube. He's doing some kind of radio interview, and the guy who's interviewing him prefaces by saying, I don't want to mispronounce your name, you know, just for once, just say yeah. it. And the way he says it, the look on his face, it's like got a little video component. You feel like th- this is a lifetime... <laughs> <laughs> you know, of having to do this, and and you were wondering like, why didn't I shorten it to France when I, you know, when I registered with the directors guild or whatever? Well, or, or he could have just went like with a C. Yeah, Derek C. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also there's like Mick that. G right. out there. I mean, if he can do it, why not just use one letter for your last right. name? Right. He should have. It would have made his life opportunities. much easier. 
But yeah, that's good. Thanks, John. And um, always also, there for validation. Well, you know, I like for things to be correct. I'm obsessive compulsive. That's very true. It's part of my disorder, and you guys are enabling me um, by giving me a public forum. You are welcome. Um, I also, in when we were talking about uh, upstream color, we were talking about like natural processes, and we were talking about bees pollinating flowers without necessarily intending to pollinate flowers. Mm. And I said uh, he in reference to the bee, and then I mm. I said whether bees who uh, pollinate flowers are boys or not, and I said, well, they all are, I think. But in fact, that's not true. The male bees are the drone bees, and their entire purpose is just to hang around the hive being ready to inseminate. Oh, wow. That's all they have to do. And occasionally, if there's a threat, they might, they might make like weird uh, motions to, to drive off the threat, but they can't actually sting. Anybody. Oh, wow. Because the uh, stinger on a bee is actually a, an evolution of the birthing uh, apparatus on a bee. So it's oh. only females that can sting you. And... Those uh, worker bees, those females, those are the ones that go out and pollinate the flowers, wow. too. Wow. So not only was I wrong so that it's not always boy bees that wow. are pollinating flowers. It is never. It is never boy bees. The they more just, they, you know. They just hang around with, a, with a, like, a fat bee nut sack. <laughs> <laughs> Busting them nuts all over the place, right? Well, no, 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 not waiting. Not really. Waiting to waiting. get a chance. There's one queen, Ronald. Oh, goodness. There's one queen. Wow. That's hard. Epic man. blue balls right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they just those little poor little guys die off. Their balls are right. actually like black and yellow striped. <laughs> black and yellow striped. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they're bee balls. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was horrible. I, I apologize. Can I rattle <laughs> off the three that I saw that aren't related to the ones that John and I are going to talk about? Yeah, you can just say their names. Okay, Red Flag, which is worth checking out, starring uh, Alex Car Karpovsky. Okay. I'm going to just say Shoshana's boyfriend from Girls. Yes, absolutely. Great movie, written and directed by him. Check it out. Um, I saw the Pirate Bay documentary um, that you can find at thepiratebay.com or .se now. It's it's moved to Iceland, but that's not the extension. But it's worth checking out. It's incredible, especially if you've seen Downloaded or you're interested in that sort of thing. Just kind of the changing of media in general. And then Movie 43. Which was fucking awful, but it did have one or two shorts that were pretty funny. So, did you say the name of the Pirate Bay? Doc? Uh, it's just... it's uh it's called uh, TPB APK. Mm. So, um, what is the, the, so you know it, you, the answer is no, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> the I don't know what the APK stands for, but that's the name of the George movie. Lucas named it. <laughs> T B. No, I don't know what that stands for. That okay. last part. It's probably not important. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. AFK stands for away from keyboard. Uh -huh. So they had this thing where like um, they asked them if they knew them IRL, like in real life. And they said, we don't use that sort of slang. That's dated. It's actually AFK. We know each other away from keyboard. So that's where it came from. That's really neat that they, they did that. I didn't realize until I just looked at the title. Mm -hmm. um, the Pirate Bay away from keyboard. The Pirate Bay away from keyboard. <laughs> okay. Check it out. That's a good movie. What's going on over there? <laughs> Who are you laughing at? <laughs> you. <laughs> the fact that I repeated that like five yeah, times. Yeah, I don't know how to end the sentence. <laughs> no, Comma, no. Dot, dot, dot. I realize. No. <laughs> what is weird is if you look at it, it has the abbreviation yeah, and then it. it has the name. I so it. I read it like two times. Like, why is this? It totally fooled you. It Ronald's fooled really good at the middle part of sentences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole start and end of them. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. You just. <laughs> Sometimes when you're waiting for a start, that's when you get your pause. That's when you get your lull, your out of body you experience. You just get fragments of things. 
But yeah, um, those are the ones I saw. Did you see any like scattered ones before we go over the one that we saw? Um, I actually saw a movie that I think is actually going to be released in a few weeks that we may talk about. So okay, no. but gotcha. I could take this time to follow up on one other thing <laughs> no. I wanted to mention. Um, I had alluded when we were talking about uh, the Bobcat Goldthwait Bigfoot movie to the uh-huh. fact that I thought that the guys who had filmed the original Bigfoot film, the Patterson Gimlin film, I had thought that they had come forward uh, and said that it was a hoax since mm-hmm. then. And it turns out that of the two guys that shot that movie, Patterson and Gimlin, Patterson died in 72. <laughs> Gimlin's still alive, does not admit to a hoax. However, the guy who claims to have made the costume and the guy who claims to have worn the costume in the film have both come forward at different times in recent years to say that, that it was hoaxed. And one guy, supposedly the guy that made the costume, got so sick of people asking him or talking about Bigfoot that he just, like, just right. had to come out and say it. So there's some people that still say that it's true, but the, the guys who shot it have never admitted to it. But anyone else involved or who may have been involved has come forward and said, wow. yes. A little house cleaning. And I, I could give you some details uh, on Phil Morris and his costume design process and Bob Hieronymus and his uh, <laughs> to- stories about wearing the costume. But I will save those for a special all Bigfoot episode. <laughs> so, yeah, now getting to the films now that we have that out yes, of the right. way. Yeah, Thank you, know, you very much, I feel John. better now. I Name can, is corrected. I can and we sleep at night. Bees. Yes. And that is... Uh, that's very important. Um, so yeah, let's let's go. Let's get these movies rolling. So we saw uh, Francis Ha. Francis Ha, the uh, Noah Baumbach film starring Greta Gerwig as Francis. The uh, well, I don't want to say that her name is Francis Ha or not. It actually is part of the film. That is so cool when they reveal. In, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't yeah. want to spoil that. But um, then it made me think: Did we hear her last name at any point? In the I movie? don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Because when whenever they went to the studio, okay. So the plot basically is that Francis is. Uh, a dancer at a studio and she's kind of like an intern sort of she's an apprentice she's an apprentice and it's kind of implied that she's she's 27 and it's yeah. sort of implied that she's a little old to be apprenticing right and you get the impression that she's been around for a while as an apprentice mm-hmm. but the lady who runs the dance studio likes her but obviously hasn't moved her on to be a member of the, the, the regular company yeah how would you describe her daily behavior <laughs> you know I, I would describe her as one of those people i've known people like this that i love who are just a little bit hard to handle or you kind of worry for them. Yeah. But you root for them because you know they have a good heart and they're actually kind of smart. But, uh, yeah, we see her as sort of self-defeating, but uh, but essentially lovable, I would say. Yeah. She, it's, her, her behavior is a bit erratic at times, but it's really, it's really cool to see she has a lot of passion. And that's something, something that's really interesting about the movie is seeing her passion versus everybody else's. Everybody's just kind of... In in this stage of of, of adulthood, that's kind of like the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's you feel like you have to behave like an adult because you're 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 at that age. But she doesn't have that that hasn't that hasn't permeated into her life at all. It was really kind of relatable, and and yet you you did kind of want to reach into the screen and shake her in a few scenes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was it was neat, like seeing her interact with her friends, all of them kind of upper. I don't know. I want to say upper class because, like, you know, people are living well. That, that, like, trying to be all oh, that that line that they said where she was like, uh, "You basically can't be poor and do art in in New York." Kind of yeah. describes these p- people that they're, they're wealthy and they're able to just kind of sit back and create, mm-hmm. as opposed to Francis, who has to kind of grind and work hard and struggle and you see that during the course of the movie right like her roommates are talking about getting a a, a maid to come in once a week yeah and they're like it's only about 400 bucks a, a month or 400 bucks a week or whatever right um 
Well, they were saying to come in once a month. It's only $400. And you just see that look on her face where she's like, she's barely making the rent yeah. that she's being expected to pay now. And so adding on top of that. Uh, and then, yeah, it, yeah, that is, they do create that notion that the friends of hers in the movie that seem to be like free are people with, there's a trust fund or there's money from their parents or something yeah. like that. And the movie's not overly judgmental about that. It doesn't, no. it doesn't like, it's, and in fact, I would say there's a couple of really sort of charming friends she has that are those two guys she ends up rooming with, one played by Adam Driver and the mm. other actor, I, I don't uh, remember, uh, I have it pulled up here, um, Benji. Michael Zegan. Michael Zegan. Yeah. You know, they play these kind of realistic, believable people. They're 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 not always nice to each other, but they're, there's never a point where the movie goes into that kind of uh, high drama or for the sake of drama. Everyone essentially yeah. acts the way real friends act. Yeah. Um. And you get you start to get the sense that Francis is kind of drifting through her friends' lives a little bit and kind of using up her favors almost. Like at yeah. the end of the movie, she doesn't seem like a person with a lot of. <laughs> With a lot of choices left, you know, yeah. she has to rely on herself and make a decision or two for herself. And she does a few incredibly uh, impulsive things in the movie. My favorite is uh, the trip to Paris mm -hmm. for no real reason, and she essentially goes for two days, and so basically sleeps off the jet lag and then turns around and comes home. I liked it. I, I, yeah. I suggested, you know, if you if you are near art house movie theater, you should see Francis. I thought it was I thought it was great. It was Beautifully filmed. I like black and white. You well, know what I mean? the, didn't it's the black just, and white aspect of it give it a timelessness to it? It did. It did. I mean, aside from the phones, mm -hmm. like if there were no phones in this movie, like cell phones, you would not be able to tell where it's, when it's from, really. It could have been from like early 90s. It, I thought it had a cool look to it. Like I just thought. Well, the obvious comparison for me, and I think I mentioned this to you before we started recording, was Manhattan, yeah. the, the Woody Allen film, which also was, you know, shot in black and white at the time to evoke a kind of classic look. Yeah. Um, and so this harkens back to that. I don't know if they were directly thinking of Manhattan, but I, I have read that in reference to the movie and, you know, some of the materials I've read. And it definitely has that aspect of just making you feel like, OK, these people may be 27 now, which for me is a different time than I was 27. But I still can relate to the 27 ness yeah. that we all sort of carry around inside ourselves, <laughs> that feeling of like having options and and how sometimes having so many options can be a weird kind of paralyzing thing. It can make you feel like you're not moving forward in your life because yeah. you're you're not really ready to make a decision. Um, uh, I don't know. Have you seen Noah Baumbach's other films? Um, I saw Squid and the Whale. Mm -hmm. um, what else has he done? I don't know. He um, did, uh, I, I did like Margo at the Wedding. I did uh, see that. I wasn't then, a huge fan of and that. And Greenberg. Well, I mean, if you if you I like Greenberg, if you liked Greenberg his, was all right. I would say that anyone who likes his films, this is like a shoe in I, I would think even if you didn't like the movies we just listed, you might like this. Mm. It's in general, it's a lighter movie. Like it doesn't, it doesn't get as the, the, the lack of comfort you feel in some scenes is more based on just Francis being in a situation and maybe not knowing when to shut her mouth or something, but it's not like, there's not like people doing really cruel yeah. things to each other. It's not like uh, as, as dark, I would say as his other films. Okay. And I would say there's definitely a few moments that I felt really, just emotionally swept up in the in and you know sometimes when a movie keeps it simple like that you really do feel the importance of just little choices you make in life so, sure yeah. so yeah the way it was made the way it was performed everything about it i thought was pretty pretty finely tuned I like undateable it. was that undateable was great, i love that yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah so francis ha check it out now what, what movie are we moving on the to great now? gassy the great gassy the uh, is that what it's called yeah, it's a biography about my life. 
<laughs> my lactose intolerance. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, see, I, I tried to get into this, but I ended up getting tickets to the Mediocre Gatsby. The, oh, really? <laughs> just, you, you just, you're not as well connected as I got to say, it was a very dull film. <laughs> the subpar Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gatsby, Gatsby, not feeling it. Buzz Lerman, right? I, I would say that's pretty much my feeling overall with the film. Okay. It, I, a lot of a lot of expectations, you know, even with it being pushed back. I mean, I think I'd st- I maintained my want to see it. I mean, I know you picked it as your movie yeah. uh, of May. And we should mention yeah. Francis Hall was Yeah, my, Francis was, was John's. Pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, Great Gatsby, Ronald selected. And I mean, that, that says, like, you know, it still really wanted, it still was like a big film. Um, oddly enough, though, I did feel like ramping up to its release, I didn't feel like this huge push for it at all. Me either. I almost got a sense that they kind of knew it wasn't going to perform you know like studios i'm talking about yeah. like you know there wasn't a lot of publicity for it i didn't see tons of like ads for it which is a side note but i mean that's usually not a good sign you know what i mean but yeah. um i don't know in first impression i mean just really quick I, I was i know it's probably cliche as hell a lot of people say this about Boz Lerman's films but especially in this film i felt like it completely suffered from like the whole style over substance thing that he usually gets a little criticism for um just the era that it takes place in and the the glitz and the glam of, of that time and, and the, t- the choice to include certain types of current music in it, you know? What the fuck was that, man? It, did, I, it, did, I, it didn't It did. It did work for me. It didn't you know? work there for me There were either. a couple songs that worked, some of the more, like, romantic, like, moody songs from yeah. uh, uh, Florence and the Machine, and there's yeah. a song, I forget what the other girl's name is, that I, I, I really did love, but overall, like, it just seemed like there was a mashup of just... How can we make this as as attractive and and hip and and as possible? Did you notice how offbeat the music was? Yeah, though? like yeah. I, that, the music that they chose, the modern stuff, like the Jay Z stuff, mm-hmm. for some reason was offbeat. So I I listened to this, a lot of the music that they chose for this um, came from one album, Watch the Throne, uh, um, album that Kanye West and Jay Z did, and then the Florence and the Machine and all. It's the all X- about how he thinks you should watch Game right. of Thrones, and then the XX stuff. And Lana then, Del Rey is the one I'm thinking. Okay, about. so what what did. happened was they played these like offbeat versions of those songs, like literally the 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 vocal and the and the the music were just off. And I've listened to these songs like that's weird. Twenty thirty. Because I've heard that one of the reasons the movie was delayed was to get more more Jay Z. Music into the film, yeah, and, was and that, that, that was it was jam packed full of Jay Z. But I mean, was it remixes of old stuff? I it was. I, I well, know. they mashed up. There were parts where like there were like uh, you hear like songs mixed together. Yeah, they like mashed up old school sort mm-hmm. of sounding like I don't. know. It was like very so. So why did this movie get held back from awards season last year? Did you? I mean, did, the, the the official statement, you know, was that it was it was something having to do with. You know, 3D mm-hmm. conversions and shoots and things like that. Like, I don't, I don't know what piece of the 3D process they were doing. Like, if it was like a, you know, how they do some of these films in post production, they add it. Yeah, um, I saw it in 3D because most of the film was already shot when they announced that. So you assume yeah. that some of it was done like that, and or possible reshoots or, or whatever it might be. But I saw it in 2D. You saw it in 3D. I mean, we'll talk about 3D a little more with the next film, but I, I just can't stand 3D. I mean, like I almost find myself opting out of it if I have a choice. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak as to whether it would, it, it I, I guess, added anything to Gatsby. I, I can't mean, imagine it, that it did. It really did. It added some layers. I mean, that's but, what... But, but like, that, how? Like, can you give me an like, example? Like, you know how there were a lot of parts where, like, Gatsby was looking across to the house. I mean, it to added layers. You can see the, di- the distance between the sea and... <laughs> The houses and the yeah. backgrounds, and that was the cool. That was the cool part. Like when they would have those sort of scenes where he was looking 
afar, the wide shots of that stuff, the the house stuff, the party, the parties that they had, that added some depth to it. But in general, it was a waste of waste of money. I mean, like, yeah, if that's the reason it got right, but adding I depth that. to to, uh, I mean, to me that I. I'm not, I'm not picking on your wording. Right. I'm just saying to imagine that that's what they would go to right. that whole process for would be to quote unquote add a little depth right. to a scene. That to me, that just boggles my I'm mind. A guy because, looking across the harbor, right? Yeah. Because I mean, like Why if you, that, but yeah. I mean, whatever shot compositing you're using, or whatever computer generated imagery you're using to make that look good, it looks fine, nice and crisp when yeah, when you crisp. don't have the the whole addition of 3D. Right. Because to this day, 3D films, every time I see one, it makes it a little darker, darker and a little murkier. Yeah, which again, we'll talk about that in yeah. a minute too. No, I didn't hate the movie. I felt like it could have been a half an hour shorter. It could have been a half an hour shorter and been great. Just editing-wise, it just felt a little bloated. You think the time cut would have made it great? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it It felt a little bloated. It felt a little bloated because there were scenes where there were just, like, background. There was just, like, scenery and then music. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I get that he's trying to do this, paint this beautiful world that Gatsby has created in his mind and all that stuff. It's it's That part's really neat. I think the story in general was okay. I mean, Are you a fan I of the book? Yeah, have you read I the read book? the book when I was in high school. I don't mm-hmm. remember portions of it. I must have read it in ninth or tenth grade. His world was big, and then it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and that was done well. I thought the whole like deterioration of whatever it is that he had, mm-hmm. whatever he created, was really well done. The only problem is that was filled with that Buzz Lerman bloat of bullshit. Like mm-hmm. it just felt very bloated. Like it just felt like. If we would have just cut to the chase with this scene, mm-hmm. this would have been a lot better. Also, there were things that felt like unfinished. Like, you know, you know, like the thing where the what's the polo playing guy? The guy uh Joe Edgerton. Yeah. So Tom Buchanan. Tom Buchanan. So he was super racist and super weird, but they never fleshed out how that was like affecting the dynamic of the like everything else like they just kind of brought it to your attention oh by the way he's racist and or like oh by the way he he like he may be he may be abusive he may be this like it, i don't it, it the things that affected gatsby especially since he was such a big character that kind of collided with gatsby i feel like they didn't flesh that character out the way they needed to mm-hmm. and it felt like he felt very shallow and he shouldn't have been if he spent that much time on screen with gatsby if he was supposed to be essentially his arch enemy eventually, that he was su- such a shallow, shitty character. It, but he was it was acted well. Because he pre- played Tom, Tom Buchanan. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that that bothered me a bit. If it, if all the characters besides Gatsby and um, oh god, what is his name? His best friend. His one he be- wound up becoming his best friend. The one uh, Toby McGuire plays. I Toby McGuire. Uh, Nick Carraway. Yeah, Nick Carraway, who narrates the book. But in the movie, don't they do a device where we see that he's writing the, yeah, he's the writing book? He's writing it. He's like in a, a yeah. mental so hospital. So those are the only two characters that you really get to see. Are you depth. a Boz Lerman guy? I mean, I love Romeo and Juliet, right? That was that was pretty good. What about you? I love Romeo and Juliet and, Mou- and Moulin Rouge. I wasn't mm-hmm. a huge fan of uh, Australia. Um, I'm not even sure. Uh, what do you have between that? I don't know. I, I don't know if he has. I, I, yeah, I don't think there may. I don't think he has between, much stuff in between. between. Those. I I sort of admired the the experiment of of Moulin Rouge, but then the act of seeing it was not that pleasurable to me. It's not that I mean I'm not that, I'm not down on musicals or anything like that. It's just but the all the elements of that together, it just didn't feel like 
it was one of those not for me type movie experiences, yeah. but I did see the sort of like craft behind it. And I thought it was a really weird thing to do. I just expected th- th- this to be the, you know, the Moulin Rouge version of, of uh, Gatsby, you yeah. know, the, the story. And it, it, I, I was wondering with him giving the treatment to, you know, his sort of fa- like hyper reality where everything's a little juiced up and doesn't mm-hmm. look quite real. I was wondering if that was going to, did they use that to kind of like point the, to the excess? Yeah. Of his lifestyle? yeah that was, so did that part, did that work visually or did it feel anachronistic? I think it worked. Did it feel like I, you were, I, I agree. I think that did work. I mean, I think it kind of plays well into like the, uh, the piece of his character, the, of Gatsby's character that is just trying to impress everybody mm-hmm. and, or get her attention. ultimately, I mean, yeah. you, you, I, Daisy played Daisy, by yeah. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, though, I, I don't know. I just my biggest thing is I don't think really anybody in the film besides Leonardo DiCaprio I thought was good at all. I I wasn't I didn't really buy into anybody. I can't I couldn't stand Tobey Maguire. You don't like, like Tobey Maguire? I, I don't know that I don't like him. I don't I don't I do like some films that he's in and mm-hmm. and, and some of his and his, some of his performances. But in this film, I just felt like I was so bothered by like all the facial expressions he was making. Like it, it threw me off. Like every bad thing that happened, it would just be like a slow zoom on him like watching Gatsby or watching Tom and Myrtle and all you know their parties that they were having and it was just like he was trying to say something with the, the looks on his face and, and and obviously his narration but he's not talking yeah. but it's just the looks you know and it was it was driving me nuts um <laughs> that said bad faces uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> Jay Gatsby is literally Jack Dawson survived from Titanic. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah, just say that right now. that's very weird too. I've seen all those memes online of like you know <laughs> of mashing those two up, which is pretty funny. But um, it's I mean I, I thought he was good. Really, so he good lived. Though. He did survive. Yeah, he, so I mean, see, this I, is the unofficial sequel. Yeah, um, to Titanic. But so no, it's kind of a happy ending then. I I, I do I did enjoy the film. How do you feel about the, Isla Fisher? I mean, completely non-factor in this film, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, most of those. Supporting characters, kind of like you were talking about Tom Buchanan. Most of the characters, um, you don't really feel anything for. I would say the weird one that kind of got me was the girl who plays um, Jordan Baker. Oh, okay. Um, the one that's kind of hanging out with uh, Nick the whole time. It's like yeah, his yeah. girl on, on his arm for the, most of the parties. Like I thought she was actually pretty good because they're kind, defi- kind of a tomboyish character. Sort yeah, of, or, uh, she was. Yeah, yeah, I think she's like a golfer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she she kind of plays the her. taking it in, like kind of like Nick is a little bit like, you know, she kind of steps back and watches some of this unfold mm-hmm. as, as opposed to really being involved with a lot of the excess. Like you see her just kind of sitting back and kind of in a different kind of, uh, not wonder or amazement, but, but a different kind of judgment almost of what these people are doing and, uh, and how they're doing it. There are a couple of really awesome scenes, um, with, with, uh, with the, with the ensemble, you know, like the dinner scene when everything kind of comes out when, when Gatsby's hoping that, um, uh, Daisy kind of lets it out of the bag that you know they're going to be together or whatnot, and also the scene with uh, when Jay is first showing off his house and he's like throwing all the clothes, just an awesome like kind of sweeping shot like around these, just seeing the, how large this room is, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the levels that there are and all the clothes flying, really cool scene. And that's a scene where that Lana Del Rey song's playing. I think the music really did kind of get to me, and I thought the choice was like there and I could really attach to it, but. Again, I just felt like it was so bloated. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. is, is what he's yeah. guilty of sometimes. Um, way too <clears throat> aggressively trying to just, like, catch my eye and kind of distract me from wanting to see a little more substance. And, um, you know, just a lot of distractions in this movie. Like, the music, like we said earlier. And, and, the music was... And, and, you know, and, and Jason... Uh, 
Oh God, what's his name? The Jason guy. Clark. Clark. Yeah, I mean he's in it. Um, just com- I don't know. I, I completely I think overacted the part. <laughs> I mean like just so out there, which is weird. I don't know. You know, seeing him in other films like recently Zero Dark Thirty, and he's going to be in the sequel to Rise of the Planet of the Apes as like the lead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I feel bad about like do I really like this guy because he's not that great in this film. I don't know if that's just a, well, a victim he of was this good movie. And low key, he was so low key in uh, in Zero Dark Thirty. You wouldn't expect him to be. Over the top in this, maybe, oh, maybe well, I think over well, the top, just like overacting. Yeah, you know, like that kind of happens a lot. There are a lot of characters. That's what I was of, wondering is if in this movie, that's a lot weird. Of the it's actors like were James Cagney, it up. like yes. you better shut up before I slap your face. There's yeah. a lot of that going on in the movie. But the weird part is, there's there oh, people. Sport? That, yeah, there's people that are like <laughs> regular people. It's more like Squiggy. There are people that are regular people, and then people that are acting like that. Yeah. So like it's it's weird because you can't tell if it's supposed to be. The tone of the movie, because some people are playing it straight, and then some mm-hmm. people are like very exaggerated impressions of James Cagney, like super duper. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird. I'd say this is a movie I'd probably, rec- I'd probably say rent it when it comes out or check yeah, it out I, streaming. I, I liked a lot. There's a lot of, of other options probably that I'd, I'd spend your money on. I mean, if you're if you're in love with Leonardo DiCaprio, that that may be worth the ticket price alone. Yeah. He is absolutely swoonworthy. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a part he's where he's amazing. just sitting there, just blue eyes. You say swoonworthy or spoonworthy? Well, both. I said swoon, but one would lead to the other. (laughs) You're saying that he looks so good that if you did have to share, if you you had to bunk up with DiCaprio and you had to share a bed, where's the bed? You wouldn't mind spooning. Man, he he smells nice. He looks like hustle and flow actor Terrence Howard in the face. (laughs) Something about his face. They look very similar, man. They both have like. All their features are like towards the middle <laughs> of their face. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Wow, it's very, very symmetrical. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, not a bad film. I didn't think. I it mean, was I think bad. the reviews are pretty much mixed, mixed positive. Um, I think an audience, a crowd pleasing type film, just because of the performances mm. and the fucking soundtrack is so distracting though. I wish that that was on a disc. The soundtrack is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I got the yeah. soundtrack, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, on this, I can. Get, I'm not like a big hip hop person, but yeah. you know, listening to it, I can reference. You can tell by the way you haltingly said hip hop. I'm not a big hip hop person. <laughs> what is with this hip hop music? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's not like my it's not my normal choice for music that I listen to. But I mean, listening to it in a collection of the other songs, yeah. it plays pretty well, and it's a pretty awesome soundtrack. You know what they should have done? They should have had the. You know how they have like. The music from the movie, and then they have like a soundtrack that's yeah, inspired by yeah. the. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! They should have done that. This this soundtrack should have been inspired by the by movie, yeah, and then yeah. they should have had like an orchestra do the. Well, subject matter wise, when I heard Jay Z was doing the music, I pictured him writing a bunch of songs from from Gatsby's perspective. It seems like right. a natural thing. You know it wasn't I mean? any of that. It was just re. They just took songs from. His rise and fall is sort of hip hop. Ish. Don't you think? <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? It is. Because there's, there's ties. It's like to, MC Hammerish on top of that too. Like, it's like but Mike it's also Tyson. got the sort of like the sort of crime aspect that, yeah. you know, that like gangster rap. This wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. So, man, I mean, it's wait, worth it though. Wait, I'd say wait for it. I'm yeah, gonna go with a wait for it. it. I feel. I feel like this would be a fun movie at home though. Seriously, like I think that this on your TV would be beautiful. Seeing it at the movie, some movies just aren't for that. I think this would be a great HBO movie. So is that, is that, our, is that our like we need to like a three <laughs> a, th- a three tiered system now? We've got we've got go ahead and we've got wait for it and then we've got, hold up <laughs> don't even back it up hey nothing for you to see here. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a this was a wait for this it. is a wait for it's it. wait for in, it, but in, it wasn't terrible. Opinion. Wait wasn't for terrible. it but see it you know yeah okay now let's go to Star Trek. 
Into Darkness. Let's go Into Darkness. Into Darkness with Star Trek. Now, Ronald hasn't seen this, so we're going to be spoiler-free. Okay, thank you. I respect that. I but I did, I did think it weird, was weird that Uhura got killed. It was very, and, it, and it happens relatively fast. <laughs> yeah. Took me off guard. <laughs> you can now be sure that she doesn't get killed, because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, wouldn't Zoe Saldana, I, that would make me very sad. She perished. Well, but her. Star Trek Into Darkness, you liked the reboot, you said, Ronald. I did. So I really enjoyed it. I've, I have a feeling anyone who likes the first one will like this one. I, I, it seems pretty universal that people agree that the that the reboot was better than this one. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And there's a few reasons why, and you could get into that. And as usual, we'll probably end up nitpicking about some of those things. But in general, I think it was a you know it was it was a brisk two hour ride. And if you judge it purely based on the level of you know of that aspect, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I didn't you know I didn't feel the runtime at all. Even at two hours, it felt really it felt really brisk. Agreed. So, yeah. But it was fun to see those characters again. And you actually went, you were sandwiched between your dad, who was, a, who was like a big Star Trek fan, yeah. and your, uh, your lady friend, who is sort of a non-Star Trek fan, and you say you're right in between. So you say everyone in that group. Yeah, just it. like when we saw Star Trek a couple years ago. I mean, it was the same kind of reaction. Everyone was really into it. My dad, like we were talking about before we recorded, like, I feel like my dad was much more into film or media or entertainment back when the Star Trek films of, you know, the, I want to say the 80s, 90s, whatever, you know, we're coming out rel- uh, regularly, and the series were on TV all the time. So I think he his reaction to those films are, is completely different than, than this. Mm-hmm. I think he's able to just look at this as a, a reboot, a reimagine, or not a reimagine, a reboot of the franchise. And I mean, he's he's all in. I mean, it, it's very entertaining. All the characters are, are on are on task. You know, if you like them in the first one, like John said, they're all there. They're all they all show up, and and you you'll like it, like or love them for the same reasons. Um, there's a couple new characters, you know, I don't know, we, we'll probably get a little deeper into how we felt about those characters, but just super entertaining. I mean, like, this is the kind of movie that I look for, forward to seeing in the summer. And another film that I'll reference later in the podcast, probably with Ronald, it's just like you can sit down and there's enough substance to say it's worth spending my time with this, and it's also just really entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever flaws you may see in it throughout the film, um, I don't really have a ton of them because I'm not a huge Star Trek person, and... I don't know if it's like a. It's not really a spoiler anymore. Uh, of is it or is it? Are we going to go there or? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's pretty much out there. If everywhere. you feel that you already know the the identity of the villain in this film, then you're fine to continue listening. If you feel like, well, the villain who? You mean John Harrison? <laughs> then maybe you should stop listening now and go see the film and enjoy it because the, the, it's. But it's a pretty obvious spoiler in that if I would say any movie news sites I've read have been speculating since this movie started being shot, that Benedict Cumberbatch was actually playing a character that you may know and love from Mr. Corinthian Leather himself, Ricardo Montalban's performance, but he's playing Khan. And it's such a different take on Khan. Um, A part of me wonders why they would bother tying it so closely to something that's so different now. Because, like, in this version of the story, things are so different. Like, he doesn't look like the same guy. Yeah. Um, the, the tie between, you know, there's still the two versions of Spock that we've seen interacting, and that they continue that. And, you know, I didn't think that scene did a whole lot, but it's... it's it was a reason to have Leonard Nimoy. Right. So. It's fun to have Leonard Nimoy in there. Yeah. But he's basically pops up just to warn uh, this this timeline's version of Spock about, right. about Khan. Um, yeah, I... 
I think that that reveal didn't really need to be treated as a reveal so much because the the, the movie kind of hinges on there's a moment of tension when we find out who he is. And it was something that I, at least I felt like I knew a long time ago. And so it was one of those times where you just feel like the movie seems dumb because you're ahead of it. And it just, <laughs> and it just played something as a reveal that you mm. knew. Yeah. But, you know, it was and it had a few moments that were I, I might describe as kind of dumb moments. But you, you get into it and you go with the flow and and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of charm in this story. But what did you think of the villain? Did you think he had a good presence? Do you think, did you, what, how did you rank him as a movie villain? I mean, he's nowhere near the top of any list that I would make yeah. of, of movie villains. I would say he was, I bought him enough, you know, to, to root against him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, I, I, and I do like Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a good actor. Yeah, I, I don't think he did anything wrong in this role. I think just when you compare him to what, what a lot of people compare anybody, you know, anybody that would play Khan to, Ricardo Montalban, I mean, it's a completely different take, you know, and and I think that's where the big thing with me and even like my dad who might compare it or a lot of people that are like really talking nonstop about Wrath of Khan and, and yeah. comparing these performances or the characters itself. I mean, I would agree that Wrath of Khan is maybe the Star Trek movie that holds up the best and maybe a story that had extra impact because it was a character that was a villain on the show that came back in the movie Agreed. and all that stuff. Agreed. And I think that this movie suffers from having to cram all of that into one, 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 one two hour chunk. Um, but in a weird way, I was glad that the movie didn't spend all this time. Tr- like, you know, a lot of movies spend so much time trying to set things up t- to make it more epic. And I, this, there, there, there could have easily been like a two and a half hour, almost three hour version of this story that might have might have had more emotional heft. But I think it would have been uh, a bloated mess. Sure. And I think that, you know, they were wise to keep it kind of zippy and fun. But I, you know what I mean? It didn't really for me, it didn't have a lot of impact. Like I sort of knew, oh, the good guys are going to win. They're going to beat this guy. I never really felt this darkness or despair. Um, and I wasn't even really ready for that. I feel like maybe the, the second movie, once they've set up these characters, I kind of wanted to see them act as a team rather than getting broken up. You know, this movie's all about the sort of destruction of the family. And I don't really feel like that threat felt that serious. Does mm-hmm. that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, like, no, I definitely could relate to that. I, I just, you know, I, I didn't really... I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't really have a lot of negative to yeah. say about it. I mean, I just feel like these films are just meant to be entertaining. I mean, like, I don't mm. the, busting out the measuring stick against like what was is not my bag. You know, like I, we talk about remakes all the time and, mm-hmm. and comparisons and such. And I try to just experience this as a standalone thing or as a standalone film in this new franchise. And, uh, that said, I, you know, I don't know that they needed to have his villain be con, you know, it could have been any, you could have probably named this guy anybody. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, the, no, I, the, the character I, I as the character as he appears in this movie could have been anybody. And sure, so tying it, been, it yeah. to Khan, there's also a moment where someone says Khan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that they is they say uh, it a little more. They do say it a little more intensely than that. <laughs> it's but a little more impressive. It's more like Khan, get down from there. They say, <laughs> don't make me come over there, Khan. Um, but that, like that felt cheap, and yeah. some of those callbacks just because of the comparison. It felt cheap. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think I think I, I agree. I don't think either one of us had a huge stake in the Star Trekness of it. Agreed. You know? No, not at um, all. But, I, but I'm, I've never been anti-Star Trek either. I've always just, I mean, I think my affection is mostly for that original crew on the original series just because that's what I felt like was really my favorite version of it. And then I kind of, you know, I've had a lot of friends that were into Next Generation when it was on, and I watched some of that. And I, I, I really sort of respect the sort of sci-fi idea of Star Trek, the fact that they try to stick to some kind of hard science. Um, so that was another way in which the movie felt a little less Star Trek to me, was just that, that some of the science is 
it's like the, the whole tra- there's a mobile transporter in this. And one of the cool things about the Star Trek transporter to me has always been that it takes this whole room and they have to know where they're going and it can't, you know, all these little, these limitations on the technology. I felt like in this movie, they pushed it a little further into kind of just sheer fantasy. I don't personally have too much of an investment in that though, but I could, I could feel Star Trek fans, you know, getting grumpy about that in my mind when I was watching it. Like that, that this feels, a lot of people said that the first Abrams Star Trek movie felt like a Star Wars movie. And I think this kind of continues in that trend. So much so that I was kind of watching it, almost being disappointed that Abrams is doing Star Wars because I feel like I've seen it already. Does yeah. that make any sense? Like I'm sort of watching this, going, "Oh, if this is what Star Wars Seven is going to look like." I'm, you know, I hope that maybe there's, maybe he, maybe he'll make Star Wars more like Star Trek. Who knows? <laughs> Flip flop it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Alice Eve is also in it, which is always a plus by me. I know a lot. That's like getting a lot of shit. Uh, that's like, a really weird scene. Yeah, that, that, that's getting a lot of shit. Like that whole scene with like she basically undresses in front of Kirk and for no real reason. Uh, but I'm I'm actually personally fine with it. Yeah, um, I got you. He actually sent me a cut of that, and, I, yeah. and he was like, "Do you think I should put this in the movie?" I was like, "Do you know me, JJ?" The answer is always yes. yes. Put it in the movie yes. now and introduce me to her later. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I mean, it's the new audition. It, it, like, oh, okay. it barely has a context in the film. I think what a lot of people were upset it about does. was that the character of Carol Marcus had a much more like like fleshed out character in in the Wrath of Khan, and in this movie, yeah. the same character is a little bit a little bit there for eye candy purposes. I can see why some people would say, "Why not represent like uh, a little bit more of what was likely to be the case, which is that you know, in a few hundred years, you're probably less likely to see." Women dressing in a yeah. sort of like cocktail waitressy way, you know. These are supposed to be like they're probably going to be wearing like Under Armour suits. Well, they're like, like costumes. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's going to be wearing like androgynous jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, that's it. jumpsuits like Under Armour jumpsuits. And in 400 years, everyone's going to look like David Bowie. You know. All, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a blast with it. I, I I'm a huge J.J. Abrams fan, and for all the reasons that I've said, and and even with the the, the shit that he gets for a lot of his. You know, like the lens flares and all this. People, you know, always talk about that. I don't, I don't give a crap about that. I mean, that stuff I, I buy into. But you know, if you like the first Star Trek, um, or just straight up, you know, sci-fi action entertainment, some awesome action scenes in the mm-hmm. film. The opening scene is gorgeous. Like they're, you know, running. That through was this. probably my favorite part of the movie. I mean, a- amazingly shot, awesome mm-hmm. running scene, tracking shots. It's just cool. It's a fun movie and fun visual storytelling. Like that opening scene is a great example of how they use their budget to produce something that both looked kind of retro, kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was something that was in the realm of what they might have done on the show, but just like a big budget version of that. And also a story that they get across like in such quick strokes. Like there's just a few little lines of dialogue and they're kind of on, they're running. It reminded yeah. me of like an Indiana Jones opening sequence or something. Absolutely. That's exactly what it reminded me of, yeah. Indiana Jones. Which itself cool. is a throwback to that kind of old-timey yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah no, it's... Uh, it's enjoyable. I was trying to think if there was any. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing I would say is that when you do get towards the end and you see what they're doing, that's the most referential to uh, Wrath of Khan in terms of the plot, the way that it happens. It um, it might even be the moment where a character says Khan. That part I thought if they really had the balls to carry that through, they they might have repeated what they did with the original series and have a certain event take another movie to come about. But what yeah. they have is I what, would, I absolutely what, what could have been a cliffhanger and kind of a poignant moment at the end of this movie was sort of ruined by going ahead and resolving that having to resolve in the it. story. And it was in a way, and this is also very spoilery, but um, there there's some kind of magic blood <laughs> involved. <laughs> In, what? And and you know, the, magic blood. There's duh. there's a scene where they're going to a lot of trouble to get some magic blood, but my understanding would be <laughs> everybody else. They, they have about seventy-two <laughs> 
canisters of this blood uh, on the ship already. I know that's a very strange thing to say, but uh, if you see the movie, you'll know. But what I'm but saying. not his. Yeah, the right. ultimate. Yeah, I guess that mean? was it. Well, I mean, and again, that's one of those things where a line. It's kind of like the suits thing in Iron Man. The why, why couldn't uh, why couldn't Don Cheadle get some? <laughs> you know, can't Cheadle get some? Um, the whole thing about him not being able to wear Tony's suit. All they needed was one line of dialogue that might have explained why. There's yeah. a moment in this movie where they seem to have a lot of magic blood on hand, but they're going to go specifically and get the magic blood from the most difficult person <laughs> to get it from. And and that is, I mean, and I'm sure to anyone that hasn't seen the movie, that's, um, you know, maybe I'm saying too much, but yeah. We will get, we, we, we will get the ultimate that there is. Okay. It's going to provide the, the, the epic climax to our film. Yes. Okay. Eh, you buy it. I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. It was fun. It. You know, I still, I, I Simon and, Pegg, you, and you, I really got into it. Yeah. Like the, 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 what you're talking about, oh, like no, that, 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 that scene, that chase that scene, scene was good. Yeah. really, really well shot and like completely bought it. And I'm completely like not cheering out loud, but I'm like, you know, what's going to happen, but you're, you're definitely eager to see how it's played out. So oh. this is a, this is a go see it for me. Hands okay. all the way. Yeah. This is a go ahead. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Cool. So Star Trek into darkness. <laughs> you know, real quick, we should let, let's mention let's mention one more. Let's mention Fast and the Furious right. Six. We both saw John. You haven't yeah. seen it yet. I haven't but, seen it. Everyone's saying this movie has some like Superman shit in it. And the, 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 the thing that sold me some on it is someone jumping from one moving vehicle to another and changing direction in yeah. midair. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got to see that. That that happens. <laughs> but but not only is it a, is it that it's across. Two bridges. A bridge, yeah. <laughs> it's across one side of a bridge to the other. And it's a huge gap. Like it's what is it like fifty feet? Like it's easily. It's huge. It's but he huge... is going really fast. He is. He is. He is. I think fast... And he is Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's very true. His voice. The these films, I I'm gonna say, like I, I'm a fan of these movies. Like, you know, they they're cheesy, they're cliche, they're you don't want to go to these movies and think anything is realistic because you know, no, it's not like, you know, if you are, you're an idiot. Cause I mean, I don't know why you'd expect it, especially well, see, I, when you're going to see fast and furious. I always six. thought they were supposed to be just like drag racers, but in, instead they turn out to be like, they're, they're all, they're, they're some kind of special team that, well, that's, that's what gonna... it's, that's what it's come to at this <laughs> yeah. point. They well, went from like local drag racers fighters slash thieves, they, you know, it's, it's become an interesting thing. Cause I think that it's, it's a combination of a couple of things. It doesn't take itself too seriously. At all. But they do weird things that make you kind of wonder about the movie in general. And that is the chronological order of the fucking movies. That is another thing that's very weird. So the movies are very shallow on the surface. Yeah, yeah there's a character who's alive in this movie who died in a previous movie. Right. So what they do is, uh, there's actually, if you wiki it, I don't want to tell you the order. But uh, if you Google f uh, Fast and Furious chronological order, you'll see... That every movie that's come out isn't in the order that they actually happened in, mm. and what that does is it kind of makes you go back. You're like, okay, so what the fuck? What did I miss in the last one? So it makes you go see the previous ones that you may have missed, just so you can figure out what this person's role is in the story in general. And this was no different. Like this kind of opens up a whole shit ton of like three, four more movies after this one. And the thing is, like, each one has made more than the one that's come out before it, yeah. which is absurd. You know, six movies in, Diminishing Returns the returns does not exist for this franchise, and it will not. Because here's the thing. This is what I've been telling everybody. These movies, like, when they started, and even, like, through the, like, the second and third whatever sequels, because mm -hmm. there was, like, you know, a few years of a gap between 
uh, what was it? Tokyo Drift and, yeah. and Fast and Furious. Yeah, that the was. fourth one. It's like two, two, two at least two three years, years or something. But anyway, like you know, they kind of started out as they're like just straight up guilty pleasures. Like if you like car chases, you like action, you know, cool guys, hot girls. There it is. Mainly, mm-hmm. I think mainly appealing to a lot of men. Okay, so then there's this gap goes along, and four comes out, Fast and Furious, and it's like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. You know, considerably better than the two and three, and as good possibly mm-hmm. as the first one. So you're like, okay, well, what happened? And that's where it changed because these movies went from being just guilty pleasures to there's a lot more uh, choreography in terms of the chase scenes and the, and the actual like races. Yeah, they went from being races to chase scenes in most mm-hmm. of these films. So, but I mean, they're one and the same when you're watching these movies. But to this point, that they're they're basically just a simple pleasure. You know, there's nothing special. Mm-hmm. There is enough there in terms of story at this point where you're not like blown away by some amazing story arc or character development. But there's enough there because they went from being like like I said before, cars, guys, hot chicks to those things still happening happening in the film. But there are actual like threads of emotion in these movies now yeah. mm-hmm. not substantial but you know there's talks of family that that's what the motivation is now in these films before it was for pink slips and dollars and now mm-hmm. it's for you know getting somebody back safely or like yeah. getting enough money to get somebody not that you or i are going to go do any of this stuff for those motivations you know right. that we have any access to those <laughs> skills but or that if it did come down to me jumping over two bridges from one moving vehicle to another, I could handle all that. But changing direction in midair, I'm not sure I could do yeah. that. I think you can, John. Okay. You, I, think, you think my love? Of, you think my love of family is strong enough? <laughs> I do that think I your love of family. Yeah, yeah, that would drive you there. Another thing that's really cool is that but you only find out the hard way if it's not. Then you just yeah. keep yeah. sailing off just in the wrong direction. <laughs> then you miss her completely. <laughs> yeah. The the characters now, um, they had enough. I wouldn't do it to save Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> I would. You would? I would. I would not. You're one of those. She uh they did enough now character-wise that one of my biggest complaints with the previous ones was I feel like Tyrese and Ludacris and all the side characters were too extra. Mm-hmm. And this one because that dynamic is a lot different because they like have established relationships. They aren't all trying to be like, Oh, kick good. It's very different now. Mm-hmm. Now they're like friendly and they, they, they have a little comedic moment. Then they really back in. Mm-hmm. They have a comedic moment, really back in. And it's like a good rotation of comedy mixed with the action. Whereas before it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like, it felt like Tyrese was in the movie being a ridiculous person. That was kind of hard to reel in, almost mm-hmm. unbearable. Like Chris Tucker in Rush Hour, almost like very like, very whiny. But the way they did it this time, I feel like everybody got a chance to be themselves. Yeah, everybody had a purpose. Yeah, and, and it didn't feel bloated. And and The Rock was, The Rock, man. Yeah, he's awesome. He was so good at it. He seems to be entering a new phase where, because even people that didn't like Pain and Gain, and there were quite a lot of them, uh, enjoyed him in that. And I've heard people say the same thing about him in this. They're just like, and everyone says it in this way that's like, you know, I like (laughs) The Rock. I feel like every line in this is taken from another movie or something. It's it's taken from... Because all the lines are like, you know, know, I had to do to find you. I wasn't hiding. Yeah. yeah. Got to get the team back together. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. I think I know why you might. You know, I mean, everything's <laughs> a lot of kind of like, it's like so, a super boiled down, super simplistic dialogue. Random rap lyrics. Yeah. It's like, we go ride or die. Like, what was that for? Like, <laughs> Vin Diesel? Another thing is, there is a man that is bigger than The Rock, bigger than Vin Diesel, that actually The Rock looks like he could fit into like some sort of like exoskeleton. He's that much bigger than The Rock. 
And that, they, that big dude on the other team. Yeah. They have to She's, face off, right? I mean, is that what happens? Oh, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, dude, and it's epic. It's like it, a tag team wrestling it match. Is a, yeah, like, you <laughs> know the Rock choreographed that probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. See, I, I, I'm they regressing. The doomsday I'm regressing like, because I I, before I started doing this podcast with you guys, I don't know that I would have been getting excited. I, I but know. I'm actually getting flushed. I'm actually getting flushed <laughs> so thinking good. about The Rock fighting a dude in a big <laughs> over-the-top action sequence. There's a part of me that's like, Oh, that sounds really cool. <laughs> it is like it's that like big really man cool. fighting. It's not like stupid fighting, like where he's doing like karate kick. It's like what a big person would do, yeah. just pushing and punching mm-hmm. and like tripping each other. It's so good. I enjoy. See it. how Ronald's talking right? Like you get into this movie yes. just like that. Yeah. Are sp- Literally the scene that you just talked about, the Doomsday movie. Yeah, I was like cheering <laughs> yeah. out loud yeah. to the point where I had to stop myself. It's like <laughs> what? Oh my god. Yeah, that's not me at all. Right. Like. It was one of those moments, you know what I mean? It's like it's like in the Avengers when Hulk like has his moment. And I remember yeah. cheering when we saw the screen. I was like, "Yes!" Yeah. It was like that, you know. And it was like there's a couple scenes like that in this movie. Yeah, also, women in it. Gina Carano, the yeah. mixed martial arts from fight. Haywire. Yeah. Yes, she's gonna be good, man. I feel Did like they have to dub her dialogue in this. Uh, I don't think so. No, I heard sh- that they actually dubbed. They got an actress to dub all her lines. <laughs> really? In, uh, Haywire. Really? That may be a rumor, but I did. <laughs> Damn, she was pretty good in it. She's pretty I, good. I, I thought she was okay. Yeah, I mean, she didn't distract me for anything. Her fight sequence with Michelle Rodriguez oh, was awesome. That was a great fighting scene. I don't know. I just these movies. I don't know what the what the hell's going on. But when, when Fast and Furious Four came out, like it like got legit for some like somehow. I mean, I was like, oh, I will go see it again. I like the first one. I didn't. I never liked two or three really that much because like you know the second one was like Paul Walker and Tyrese or Paul Walker and Ludacris. One of those combinations, yeah. and then the third one was like. With uh, the dude from Friday Night Lights in Tokyo, I don't even yeah. know what his name is. Lucas something. He, you know, it's him and some well, another character. You know what I mean? It's like it was very piecemeal. But then everybody came back, and you know, the, you have a core back together that everybody liked in the first one. And I think they just got more money. They got spent more time with not a great script, but enough to like keep you into these movies that are just like pure eye candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, in this film, like I feel like a lot of. There was a lot of like uh, with the other films I even referenced it myself, like a lot of women as eye candy and like yeah. kind of like you know not not speaking very nicely of women or like what their role is yeah. in a film like this. But I think this movie is actually the opposite. It's like dude candy, which makes me feel weird. And women are kicking ass in this yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot I mean, of man a lot muscle. Of key scenes are like women heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of empowerment in this movie yeah. for the main very, female very characters. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was awesome. I mean, you know. There's like four, at least four women in this film that are kicking ass like at yeah. any given time, which is cool because um, in most other films, you know, they're not with the exception of maybe Michelle. It's Rodriguez. really weird that they get Vin Diesel to play a woman, though. It, you, 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 you don't, it sounds weird saying it. When you see it, you're like, I can see it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Hey, honey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I have been having conversations with like friends of mine, like saying like. The whole simple pleasure versus guilty pleasure. Like, it's what it's become to me. I think we can go ahead and let ourselves off the hook for enjoying things that are engineered to be as enjoyable as possible. You know what I mean? I think so often we feel like we're supposed to be embarrassed that, oh, this, like, oh, I wanted to see that thing that looked really exciting and fun. (laughs) You know? It's like, it's not the only kind of movie that there is, but when it's done with, (laughs) like, when it's done with, like, a singular focus on just, you know, blowing you away, I don't know. I, I think I, that the next one's coming out really, really soon, too. Well, that, I have heard that they're kind of rushing it, and I've read some people kind of being critical of the fact that, that that this seems to be one of those series where they set a date, 
and yeah. then they, they, they rush to meet the date more so than like right, waiting right. until they have material. But you know, that's the way some franchises are right now. They're just trying to, you know, I mean, it's not too different from what like Marvel tries to do or what the paranormal activity people tries to do. They try to own a certain spot. Yeah. Yeah. And if it means they're going to put one out every year or every couple of years, it's, you know, that's how they're going to, that's, that's, that's what they're building this series to do. And eventually, obviously you can imagine that they will have changed out all the characters or, yeah, or maybe they'll run out of ways to trick the timeline and everyone will be dead. But no, definitely, definitely it's a C in theaters. So that's a go ahead. That's go a, ahead. that's a go ahead. I mean, a lot, Star Trek in the Darkness, like big summer popcorn blockbuster movie. I'd say the same for Fast and Furious. Obviously, a little more just like pure, pure fun adrenaline type of film. Mm-hmm. Um, you like any of the other movies, you will absolutely like this movie. I don't know that it's as good as maybe like uh, Fast Five, which I think may be one of the strongest ones. Was, was it was it in three D or was it straight up two D? Mine was two D. I don't know. If Is you, it? Does it even? I don't does even Fast know Five if it's even in three D? I think it's in two D. Um, does a Fast Five? What? I didn't know if I was uh, Fast Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back in time. No, but I, I just didn't know if it. It seems like every movie now, every oh, they yeah. have a version of yeah. it. Yeah. But I didn't know <clears> that was. But I mean, I think that I was checking online. The seventh one's coming out next July. So yeah, not, yeah. They that's not too much of a rush. I mean, I know they have shot some of the stuff. That, yeah, the, like the connection scenes. Oh, by the way, stay after the credits. Obviously, please do. We should say that because because when they announced it, they said that they had filmed a great deal of it for exactly. So I think they've already have like the first. Yeah, they have the, they have couple, the connections. Yeah, so because it is really cool what Ronald mentioned. It's weird that they went this route, like with the whole chronological play around that they've done. Yeah, but I actually think it's really cool because it kind of gives you the perspective that when the other two sequels were going on like too fast too furious and tokyo drift these all these films basically take place between them those two yeah and it's like it's kind of cool it's weird like why is is your obvious question but you know if you buy into this and you see how it gets connected in this film i'm it, starting to it's feel slick. like i mean mm-hmm. it's really slick and and the way that tokyo the way that they're connecting everything to tokyo drift i'm starting to feel like the Tokyo theme is going to be a lot bigger than we we know right now. Like I think that whatever's happening in the next movie, yeah, is going to be pretty huge. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they're going to bring back the, the the kid from Tokyo Drift, the one that I'd I, watch. I, it. I don't know his name, Lucas Black. Okay, oh, there it is. He well, they've got to also give like Vin Diesel heat vision in the next one or something, right? <laughs> yeah, they should. They, they, they got to take it next level like, somehow. <laughs> And on his hands, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just a lot of fun, man. <laughs> yeah, fun it, it's, it's it's got like a seventy something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I mean, it's weird. Like critics love these movies now. Mm-hmm. Like e- even Fast Five, I think had like a seventy nine. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. Movies. You know what I mean? Like these are like movies about fast cars and yeah. I wanted somehow, to hate it. Somehow, man. I know you did. I've and, loved all of them. <laughs> Every single one. I've wanted to hate him so bad. And I, at this point, I'll say I'm not ashamed of it at, him, at all yeah, anymore. Me either. Let's let this. Let's let the schmovie zone be a place where we don't have to be ashamed. No I'm shame. not ashamed, John. It's like it's like it's like if you order a Coca Cola or something like that, right. And you drink it, and it's like if you're gonna drink it, don't be ashamed of it. You drink it because you're enjoying. You know, it's sugar water. Yeah, it's nothing it, to be proud of necessarily, but it is what it is. And you got it because you knew what it was. And you, when you went to see Fast and Furious Six, you knew what it was. Hell yeah, I did. I mean, I you didn't sit down there to be superior to it. If you did, fuck you. Yeah, you wasted your money. I didn't want to see any bitch ass Lincoln. I yeah. wanted to see cars and women with perky boobs from Brazil. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to see, and I wanted to see explosion. Check, check, check. Oh, that cop, the cop that Vin was like having sex with. What? Oh yeah, the yeah the girl from Fast Five. Yeah, gorgeous. Gorgeous. 
<laughs> I think she's going to hook up with The Rock. You think so? I don't know. I'm just messing around. I thought The Rock was going to hook up with Gina, but, you know, you know, yeah, so I <laughs> that's really good. So I don't know. That That's kind of a lot, but I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. A lot of like big, the, 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 all the, the May films that we kind of were looking so forward to. Um, yeah, we're coming into June now. Yeah, I mean, we, we got two out of three is not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. Gatsby is a little eh, but uh, even if, you know, I got to check out Francis Ha. I definitely want to check it out when it, hopefully it gets Check it out if you, think, if you think Greta Gerwig is Francis Ha. Oh, <laughs> it starts uh, Friday. Yeah, it does. This cool. Friday, today cool. um, at the Charles. So you'll be able to see it if you want to travel to see it, which is very close. Something else that's at the Charles right now that I really want to see just because my Michael Shannon love knows no bounds, but Ice the, the Iceman. Oh, let's go. Yeah. I'm I want to see that. Hell let's yeah! Want I want to see that so yeah. bad. It's been, I just really like good. his. Faces. Hey guys, let's go right now. Peace. Did you, did you yeah. see him read that sorority? Oh my god, it's hilarious. <sighs> That's from University yeah. of Maryland. Mm-hmm. I know College Park. Yeah. I know, man. That's hilarious. You have to see it. Yeah, to anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, it was the uh, the sorority letter. What I mean, I don't. Even, I don't know the letters. I don't like the. Lambda out. Yeah. Take your pick. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but the letter is basically about this woman's. Absolute disappointment in the behavior of the current class of women that you try to... Of, of the sisterhood. <laughs> of the sisterhood. And it's written in this very judgmental, very, very, uh, yeah, prissy sort of way. Amazing. And so, yeah, Amazing. how funny your guy was it? They, they yeah. got Michael Shannon to, to read, read it. it. Yeah. I love the While idea drinking. That, I love the idea that when someone is casting Michael Shannon now, they don't have to do anything... But just say, or we could get Michael Shannon to do it, right? And you instant like you don't have to do anything else, but he'll he's just going to show up and he's going to be weird and he's going to be bug eyed <laughs> and he's going to be Michael Shannon. You know, it's like anything he did at this point, I would be interested to see. Yeah, it was so good. Very surprised how great it was. I mean, one day we might get sick of him the way I've gotten sick of Johnny Depp, and I'm starting to get sick of Robert Downey Jr. Just a tiny bit with those guys. But, yeah. But Michael Shannon right now, he's he's like he's a okay. one one trick pony. I love, and if you saw. Boardwalk Empire, when he basically has a Frankenstein moment, right? Yes. That moment where he goes ballistic on the guys. <laughs> that was fantastic. I really love who he's becoming on that show. You know, we ought to get together sometime and talk about television. Oh, wait an idea. Minute. What the shit? You don't mean next week on Movie Schmovie when we finally do a special TV Schmovie episode? Oh, man. This is cue, the- the, cue the balloons and the confetti <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, the party horns or whatever they're called. Yep. And poorly, poorly constructed... Banners with clip art on it. Yeah. <laughs> with <laughs> squiggly lines above the man's head. And yeah. Well, I don't know. We do have Henry doing our art now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got some quality. We got in some our quality exactly. stuff. But yeah, next week, TV Schmoovie, we're going to do TV, it. Yeah. Finally. 1.0. Mm-hmm. But that wraps up this episode, though, before we get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, Gatsby, Star Trek, Fast Six. That's not the official name. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> All in theaters. Uh, Francis High limited release probably finding its way to you soon if not while you're listening to this maybe yeah mm-hmm. um, and I, I looked at I think it's got like another tier like it comes out tomorrow or today yeah uh, in Baltimore and a lot of other markets and then I think it's got another tier yet go a little that, wider but but yeah go check it out cool um, and that's about it for this episode we'll see you next time as always you made our day bye.